Hey, welcome to The Quest and thank you guys for being with us today. Always good to have you with us, especially if you're just checking us out. If you're checking us out, I would encourage you to scan the QR code that's right there. That QR code will take you to a link. That link might help answer some of the questions that you have about who we are as a church and what we value and what our vision is and where we're located and all those different things. That QR code is a way that we can connect with you. We can even pray with you online virtually if you need someone to pray with you. We would love to do that. I also want to remind you that this talk is available in podcast form, and you can find that through searching Fresno Quest Church on the podcast platforms, Spotify and Apple and those different ones. Just really quick before we begin, how about if we open up with a word of prayer? It's always a pleasure to get to pray with you, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but I do know that God does know. And I want to ask God to show himself to you in a very real way, to show himself about how much he loves and cares for you. Father, that's what we're asking today. You know the needs of our lives, and you know what's going on inside of each one of us. You know the fears and the anxieties. You know the worries. You know all of the things that we're dealing with. And Father, in all of those things, we know that you're working. But Father, sometimes those things bring discouragement. Sometimes those things give us a bad perspective of life, about your activity, and about your love for us. And I just ask that today you would help us to have a greater awareness of your value of us and how much you love us. Father, for each person today, and no matter what circumstances they're in, no matter where they find themselves, I ask that you would bring encouragement into their life, bring peace into their life. Father, I ask that you would show them how much you love them today. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, we are in a series entitled Trivial Pursuits, and if we're not careful, our lives can become full and filled with pursuits of trivial things. If we're not careful, we can be preoccupied looking for happiness, looking for perfection, looking for, to be good enough, looking for fame, looking for success, looking for money, looking for all these different things to fill the void that we have in our lives. These pursuits are attractive desires to something that always seems to be out of reach. It's nothing that we ever fully attain. And here's something really important to know about our pursuits in life, and that's this. Our pursuits reveal an internal void in our lives. The reason for our pursuits is something within us is missing. It's unsatisfied or lacking. And our pursuits in life expose the needs of our life. We search for what we believe will fill the need in our lives. But here's another point we need to realize, and you want to write this down. Spiritual needs can't be satisfied by temporary things. This internal void cannot be satisfied with things that don't last, whether it's things or substance or conditions. And listen, I am not saying that the void within us is invalid or it's something that really doesn't matter. I would say it's very real and it does matter. And I'm also not saying that the void within us should be ignored. If we dismiss the void and the emptiness within, it doesn't go away. That feeling, that void that we have doesn't just disappear. In fact, I think that because we feel it and because it's there, it's something that we definitely need to address in our lives. We'll never grow and we'll never develop if we just dismiss it and think that it'll go away. Here's what I am saying. You want to write this down. The void within us can only be satisfied by God. Whatever is missing in your life, whatever you're longing for, can't be filled with something physical or material or conditional. But the problem is, is we continue to pursue these things and we think that they will satisfy us. When Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, 
Jesus said this, he says, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. In other words, what Jesus is saying is he's the only one that can satisfy your needs. He's the only one that can fill the void in your life and give your life meaning and purpose. In that scripture, Jesus is connecting a spiritual need with a physical element that she used to satisfy that need. In our lives, we all have needs that we seek to fill. Last week, we talked at camp about our need and our pursuit of happiness. Today, we're looking at the pursuit of being good enough. Now, I don't know about you, but I tend to be a people pleaser, and I am a recovering people pleaser, thank God. So this talk really hits home to me, and it might hit home to you as well. Maybe that's something that you struggle with too, is being a people pleaser. And here are some indicators that might show that you do wrestle with this yourself. The first one is this. You worry about what other people think. How you live gets processed through others through social media, through the clothes that you wear, the hairstyle that you have, or the lack of hair, whatever it is. It's how we process our lives through others. We make our decisions based on others. Here's another indicator, and that's this. You're often overly sensitive. Because we care so much about what other people think, the success in life and how we live our lives gets processed through the validation that we get from others. So when people don't validate us, then we get overly, we become overly sensitive to that. Another indicator that you might be a people pleaser is this, that you compromise your values. Whether it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whether it's the joke that you shouldn't be laughing at, or whether it's a language that you shouldn't be using, we tend to compromise our values with the hopes that people will accept us, with the hopes that people will value us in a greater way. Here's another indicator, and that is this. You hesitate sharing your faith. You don't want to be known as weird, and you don't want to pray where people can see it because you don't know what their judgment or what their feelings are going to be about you. One last indicator is this, that you have a hard time saying no. Because you want the approval of others, yes tends to be your constant response. When somebody asks of you, you have no boundaries. You don't say no. See, this isn't just how we interact with people in life. This also affects how we interact with God in life. You hear these stories all the time. People won't come to church because they don't feel like they're good enough. People in church don't want to become leaders because they're not good enough. They're not spiritual enough. Many people don't feel that they deserve love and forgiveness, so they don't accept charity. They don't accept the love of others because they don't deserve it. And it's based on this inaccurate assessment that they are not good enough. Listen, when we deal with these trivial pursuits of being good enough, it comes because we don't feel that we measure up. Even in spite of our good qualities, we don't feel that we're good enough. Maybe there's something in your life that you've disqualified yourself from because you just feel like, you know, Dave, I'm not good enough. Maybe it was something that you learned on the playground, or maybe it was something that you learned because you were picked last on the team, or maybe you weren't picked at all. Maybe you picked up on it when you were declined from the college that you applied to or maybe the job that you applied for. Or maybe it was the promotion that passed you by. It could even be something that you've picked up from watching social media. The constant reminder, you know, of what people have. Listen, we all know that social media is the doctored up highlight reel of what we want other people to see about us, even though it's not reality. And still we use that as a comparison that establishes our value and our worth. When we strive for being good enough, it is a sickness of comparisons. 
Listen to this scripture. It says this, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work that you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best that you can with your own life. He says, don't do it. Yeah, I get it. It's tempting, but don't compare yourself with others. And here's why. A couple of things that happen when we compare ourselves with others. First of all is this. When we compare, we resent God's goodness to others and ignore God's blessings in our own lives. When we compare ourselves to others, we get upset when God blesses others. We start to believe that we deserve God's blessings more than others. Or maybe we just feel like they've had enough. And because we're looking at others, we miss all of God's blessings in our own life. Also, what happens is when we compare, we fail to acknowledge God's value of us. Because we stop seeing God's blessing to us, we also stop seeing God's value of us. If we are detached from God's value of us, then we will use others to fill the void within us. So what we're left to do is we process our values through others. We get our value from comparing ourselves to other people. It's a sickness. I know that there's many, but I just want to list five really destructive comparisons that we engage in. And the first one is this. When we compare my worst to your best, if I compare my worst to your best, the result of that is envy. When we're comparing our worst to someone else's best, then we want what God has given them. Also, what we do is we compare our best to their worst. That becomes a sense of boasting. We can actually boast or feel good about God's blessing in our lives that it might appear to be greater than God's blessing in other people's lives. Another destructive comparison is when we compare my less to your more. When I compare what all the things that I don't have or my need to your abundance, then what happens is the result of that is greed. Another destructive one is this, my win to your loss. When we compare my advantage to your disadvantage, that's an issue of pride. Last one is we compare my loss to your win. That becomes a sense of jealousy. You can see how this all plays out. Jesus says this in Matthew, says, if you puff yourself up, you'll get the wind knocked out of you. But if you're content to simply be yourself, your life will count for plenty. Do you really know that your life counts for plenty? Do you know that just simply being who God created you to be has great value and great benefits? Something that's really important, I want you to write this point down, it's this. While we strive to be good enough, internally we're longing to be accepted and appreciated. Can I just say something to think about? We long for acceptance and appreciation, yet we can't ex accept and appreciate ourselves. And it's so dangerous because we try to get what we need from others. And it becomes a vice where we become dependent on the approval of others. Here's what Proverbs says. It says, it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Your safe place is getting your value from God, not others. So let me give you two things that you need to know about you. First one is this. God's view of you is different than you think. I love that because God's view of us looks nothing like what we think God's view of us looks like. He loves us. He accepts us. He created us. He has a purpose for us, which means you are good enough. 
I mean, the other part of that is God's view of you is different than your view of yourself. That's important too. God's view of you is better than your own personal view of yourself. At some point, we need to decide who defines us. Who determines our value and our worth? It's either you, it's others, or it's God. I would encourage you to choose God because he created you and he knows your potential and he has a plan for you. Allow him to define your value. I want you to think about this, that this is what the scripture says about God as your creator and his value of you. And it says this, for you are God's masterpiece. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus so that you can do good things that he planned for you long ago. God's view of you is way different than you think. That's important to remember. Here's another thing to remember, and that is God has given you more than you think. Our sense of dissatisfaction and disqualification that result from comparisons cause us to miss all that we have. I'm not talking about our possessions. I'm talking about the qualities about yourself that get overlooked. See, listen, your personality, your temperament, and your heart, and your passions, and all these things are things that God has invested in you and created in you. And I want you to listen to the scripture. It says, for who do you know that really knows you, knows your heart? And even if they did, is there anything they would discover in you that you could take credit for? Isn't everything you have and everything you are sheer gifts from God? So what's the point of all this comparing and competing? You already have all that you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle. I don't know if you've thought about that. You have more access to God than you could ever handle. Listen, while you long for acceptance and approval from others, maybe the place that you need to start is accepting and approving of you. Understanding God's value of you and understanding your inherent value because you've been created by God and God himself established a value on you. God has put within you talents and heart and gifts, but you are shaped and formed by God himself. When we become aware that God's view of us is different than we think, when we become aware that God has given to us more than what we are aware of, that's when we can put an end to these comparisons. And here's one way to put an end to these comparisons, and that's this. Focus on pleasing God instead of pleasing people. We always seek to please those from whom we get approval and value. And if you ever want to stop caring about what other people think about you, you have to focus on pleasing God who loves you already. Paul says this, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. In other words, if he was seeking the approval of people, he couldn't be God's servant. He couldn't be the servant of Christ because you can't always please God and please people. And here is the good news. You can't please people, but you can please God. Here's another way that we put it into these comparisons, and that's this. Live from the approval of God instead of for the approval of people. When we live from God's approval, it frees us to live out our uniqueness. We're free to be ourselves. When we understand that God created us as we are with our temperament and our gifts, he's created us for a purpose, then we live from that. We don't worry about what other people think about that. 1 Thessalonians says this, On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people but God who tests our hearts. 
It's so great to know that God saves us from the slavery of comparing ourselves with people. And he frees us to simply be ourselves before God. Here's the truth. Your worth is not based on what other people think. It's based on what God says. And here are some things that God says about you. First of all, God says that he accepts you. Just as you are, he accepts you. God says that he values you. God says that he loves you. God says that he forgives you. God says that you are his child. And God says that you belong to him. You are not what other people say you are. You are not even who you think you are. You are who God says you are. That's who defines you. Let God define your life. Let his definition of who you are establish the value of your life. Man, there's so many scriptures that remind us of what God says about us and who God says that we are. If you go to our website for today's talk, you can download the handout. On the handout, there's this list that I, I want you to kind of follow along with me. But it says this, that God has called you his masterpiece. He, God himself lives in you, that you are greatly loved by God, that you are God's possession, you're chosen by God. You are a friend of God. You are loved. You are irreplaceable. You are worth dying for. You are forgiven. You're his child. You are secured for all of eternity. You are the righteousness of God. You are set free from sin. You are a precious gift to him. You are set apart. You're a citizen of heaven. You are a child of God and the heir of God. So with all that said, why would we seek the approval of others when we have God's approval? Why do we need others to validate us when God validates us? I think we're living for the wrong audience. We're looking for our needs to be met through a source that can't meet our needs. We're looking for other people to meet our needs when only God can satisfy our needs. We have to establish which voice is most important to us. Is there a desire for a crowd to fit into that is greater than your desire for the Father who loves you? Those two things just don't mix. If there's a crowd that you're trying to fit into, if there's a crowd that you're longing for the approval of, you'll never be looking to the Father for His approval and His love and His definition of your life. Listen to this scripture. It says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions, is not from the Father, but it is from the world. And the world is passing away along with these desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Listen, the things of this world and the people of this world are not what lasts forever. They're not the things that fill the void in our lives. Live from the approval of God, not for the approval of people. Live from God's love for your life, not people's limitations of your life. Would you do me a favor and just close your eyes and bow your heads if you're able to? We'll always have trivial pursuits of being good enough until God is the one who defines our lives and we find our value from Him. We'll always seek for something because when God does not establish the value of your life, then there's going to be a void in your life. If you want that void to be filled, then you need to experience God's love. And the way you experience God's love is you step into relationship with Him and you say, God, I'm all in. I live to please you. I'm here for you. I want you to define me. I want to live out your purpose. I want to love people because you love them, not love them so that they will love me. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want to encourage you to establish that relationship, to step into that relationship today. 
And all you have to do is ask God to be the center of your life, to accept what Jesus did on the cross for your sin, to accept that Jesus not only died for your sins, but he was raised from the dead to new life, and that new life now can live in you. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you, and Father, you know each person that's listening and those that want to step into this relationship as they surrender themselves to you, as they establish you as the center of their lives, as they make you the most important part of their lives. Father, I ask that they would experience your love, that they would experience your value of them, that as they encounter your purpose, as they encounter what your word says about them, that, Father, that they will be filled, that emptiness in their lives and the void in their lives will not need to be filled by others. It can be filled by you and you alone. Father, I ask that you would help that to be the case for all of us. Help us not to live for the approval of people, but, Father, help us to live from your approval, from your love. Father, as we realize your approval and your value of us, I ask that it would help us to take steps of faith as we trust you and realize that you have given us way more than we've ever realized. And all that you've invested in our lives is to accomplish your purpose. Father, as we depend on you in life, we celebrate who you have made us to be. May it give our lives strength. May it fill the void in our lives. May it put an end to the trivial pursuit of longing to be good enough. Father, I ask that you would help us to realize that you in us make us good enough. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm telling you, it's such a freeing experience when you stop longing for the approval of others and you stop longing for this comparison with others and you start living from God's approval of you. The truth is you start living for a different audience and the truth is you start living for a different purpose. You can't live for God's purpose when you're trying to please people. If you want to experience God's purpose in your life, then God has to be the focus of your life. And I want to encourage you to do that. Yes, there's going to be success and failures. You're going to stumble and that's okay. That is how we grow. That is how God develops us. Success and failures. So no matter where you're at today, just understand that God loves you far more than you could ever imagine. He loves you way more than you think. Every week I remind you, if you want to experience greater life, if you want to experience greater strength in your life, I want to encourage you to get into a small group, what we call connection groups. And these connection groups connect you to people which connect you to God. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not in a connection group and you don't have a connection group or you don't know how to get into a connection group, again, scan the QR code. It'll take you to a link that'll help connect you to leaders and it'll allow you to connect with us so that we can help get you connected to a group of people that will love you, encourage you, pray with you. It's how we do life together. It's more than a Bible study. It is an opportunity for us to discuss the power of God in our lives and the voice of God in our lives. So get into a connection group. Also, just want to thank you guys for your financial gifts. Summer is here. And yes, the demands are high. And I want to encourage you that whatever God puts on your heart to give, I want to encourage you to give because your gift, your financial gift, allows us to continue the ministry that God has given us to do, to creatively love and lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. And I just want to thank you for your financial gifts. I want to thank you for your generosity. I just want to remind you, if you have any needs in your life, if you want to give online, if you have prayer needs in your life, you need someone to pray with you about, 
scan the QR code. We would love to do that. All right, we love you guys so much. Have a great rest of the week. We hope to see you soon in the gathering. Until then, bye-bye.